afternoon or good morning or good evening. It's episode nine of the Connect Two podcast with Jeff Cullen and Mark Hughes. Hello, Marcus. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm super excited about almost episode ten. <laughs> almost episode ten. The penultimate episode, episode before lucky episode before 10. nine. Yeah, right. Yeah, lucky number nine. And uh, I think you're just telling me we've broken a hundred on downloads. We have, which, which is which is good. It's exciting. It's yeah. fun. It's good. Uh, regrettably, no new mail today. No new mail. Not, not even week. junk mail. Not even junk mail. Oh. So, but that'll come. That'll come yeah. pretty soon. It'll be bags of mail, and we'll be crying too much mail. <laughs> well, speaking of mail, um, the way we can improve uh, those numbers are if people subscribe, uh, rate and review us on iTunes because that helps us get found by other people as well as our email address is uh, connect to podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Yeah. So, and you can check out our Facebook. Um, we're going to be starting to post even more links to um, videos or information relevant to whatever topics we're talking about during the uh uh, during the podcast so uh, if you're interested it's a going to be a place to go I've started putting some stuff up there but we'll uh, we'll keep uh, making that go and hopefully we can make this a little bit of a community that would be awesome yeah I saw that I think you posted links to the food stuff that you had so yes. that's good well, I've been watching too much food stuff <laughs> <laughs> too much food stuff yeah. okay okay so Starting with what have you learned? Why don't you start, Mark? Okay. Mine's kind of serious. So I've got three things. Oh, excellent. Um, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but uh, Andrew Knapp, who's this photographer who photographs um, this particular dog, Momo. Okay. Uh, Momo the dog finally passed away. Oh, no. She was uh, suffering from dementia and uh, had some real health issues so it got to the point where the day there were more bad days than good days right and, uh, yeah andrew had to make a, a big decision what's really cool about it is because andrew really opened his heart and uh, described all the difficulties he was having sure. and uh, how this dog really made a huge difference to his life and um really captivated a ton of people and so as he was going through this these final days of uh -huh. the journey with Momo, uh, he uh, he shared that and wow. the uh, output from from the outpouring of um, support was incredible from all the people and you know and it was touching. It was yeah. I mean, he's just this dog was amazing and just captured the crap out of everybody's heart. So. <laughs> I'm not surprised. There's there's so much of that. So rest, there, rest in peace, Momo. Yeah. yeah. So while Momo has uh, had a, a little baby brother named Boo. Ah, so Boo wonderful. Will be the new picking the new up Momo. the mantle. Well, and in fact, Andrew has um, commented that uh, Boo keeps looking away like he's looking for Momo. I'm sure he is. So that's kind of interesting. That's awesome. The other thing I learned this week is why what why is it called kosher salt? Oh. Why is it called kosher salt? Well, I always thought maybe it was called kosher salt because maybe it was blessed and, and that was right. It. Run through the the process. That no, would... it's not. No, really. No, although apparently you can get kosher kosher salt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but uh, but what it is is that Jewish Jewish, Jewish tradition Jewish faith. Yeah. Um. So when you're dealing with uh, their practices specifically surrounding food, there's yep. all kinds of requirements that the 
um, that there be no blood present in the food. So the kosher process involves a bunch of washing of meat and all that stuff to try and remove that. So the salt that is very effective in the koshering of meat process is called kosher salt and it's very uh, chunky and granular right 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 and that really helps um that really helps the koshering process it actually works way better than like table salt yeah that makes sense and from a cooking perspective it's way easier to uh, meter out your food uh meter out the salt for your food if it's in bigger chunks got it and uh, you get a little that it's actually better from a cooking perspective because of the size of it right um whereas it's a little more difficult and messier if you're using table salt you have to use a shaker or something that's interesting so so kosher salt is called kosher salt because it is used in the process of koshering meat koshering meat there you go there you go well i'm i'm no biblical expert but i bet you lot's wife was made of kosher salt (laughs) and i'm gonna (laughs) i also uh (laughs) sorry as a bonus because i learned a lot of stuff this you week. did it's been uh, an educational week um so there is a um so y- if you've watched the matrix and a bunch of other movies there's right. all this concept of an emp i'm gonna go off the, okay off the, off, yeah off an the electromagnetic rip. pulse Agne- yeah and the idea is that this will defeat a whole bunch of electrical systems shuts down everything yep it's actually a whole lot more fascinating than it's presented on um, in in movies and TV. Right. Um, and it's a whole lot more complicated. Okay. But the bottom line is almost all the movies and TV get it wrong. Okay. So somehow there's this ability, like in The Matrix, they press a button and there's yeah, a yeah, 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 everything shuts down. It, except it, them. Right? Yeah, because it kind of well because they it propagates outward kind of thing. Well, it really primarily affects energized systems. Yep. Um, but the main sources of of uh, EMPs are solar flares. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that uh, that's uh, and ongoing nuclear risk. bombs. Right. And it's really interesting because uh, it's not ground level nuclear bombs. It's actually airborne nuclear bombs are way worse than ground born because. Sure. The, the the density of the air affects the propagation of the okay. EMP. Yep. So and most EMP pulses don't have a big radius. Right. But what's really terrifying, okay, <laughs> is that there is this way you can create a a fairly um, localized EMP. Okay. Um, but it involves uh, ex- high explosives. <laughs> oh, okay. So um. So it won't go unnoticed then. No, it won't go unnoticed, but it can definitely work. So there is a, there are there there are there is a technique that you can use a, a, a <laughs> high explosive to generate an EMP. Right. But it would more likely affect like a city block okay. or maybe a, like you could wipe wipe out a gr- part of a grid if you hit a substation or wow. something like that. But most of the other um, like the whole ability to press a button and yeah, just have yeah, yeah. have an EMP. It's you know, EMP uh, has to have this big explosion with it of some sort. Now, may I inquire as to why you learned this? <laughs> uh, I was watching YouTube. Okay, cool. And uh, there's a couple of YouTube channels that I watch in particular that uh, 
are they're always super interesting and uh you know i'm kind of an information junkie and a bit of a technology geek right so uh both my wife and i watched it and we were we were really impressed at uh at uh at how an emp actually works so it's uh it's it if you're if you're interested if you're bored and ha have some time i think it was uh it was uh well, I'll put the link on the. I was going to say, page. why don't we put the link in in on that Facebook, Facebook page? It's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, so there excellent. You go. Okay, okay. Uh, what two things did we learn this week, <laughs> Jeff? Or maybe if I stole one, you can. No, I I really want to just focus on on one thing. Um, I learned that it's easy to get carried away uh, on the basis of emotion. So. I mean, I kind of knew that, but this was a new, a new environment. So where you and I live, um, we're struggling with the Delta variant, as you know, like, like many places. And our, our government and our chief medical officer last week you know, released plans that I think have shocked a lot of people and, and have left a lot of people confused and upset and afraid, really. Yeah, very much so. And so... Thinking that I was being funny, I posted something on social media, on Twitter, and um, and on Facebook last week that was kind of poking fun at our chief medical officer, and uh, and I got a lot of good comments back and ha ha ha. But one individual I know who's let's say that he and I are not aligned on the political spectrum, but he came back and and questioned my questioning this medical doctor and said, you know, she's a medical doctor, and, and you know what and, and my wife and I, like it bothered me and I almost felt a little bothered when I posted it. And when I got this response back, it really bothered me and I had to give it some thought. And I realized as an engineer, you know, part of our code of conduct is to, you don't question other engineers without expertise and knowledge and information. And I realized that although I don't agree with this individual and I, I don't think that what our, our people are, are proposing doesn't make sense to me. I realized that I allowed myself to get carried away and, and kind of question a medical professional's judgment. Yeah, but if not being a professional. But if the code of conduct is such that you you can't criticize your colleagues, then nobody can criticize somebody. Well, I think to the point I was criticizing, I was impugning her her character perhaps mm. in a way that was amusing. And I realized I probably should have been more judicious and made the focus more on how I was feeling, you know, angry and upset and confused as opposed to trying to be funny. And so, you know, but uh, so my learning there was like, wow, you know, it's it is very easy to call other people out for getting emotional. Because I think a lot of the stuff that we see um, people is driven emotion. by emotion. People get emotional about all oh, kinds. Oh, absolutely. But it's just it's good awareness to realize, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of fell into that same um, trap, you know, and and I'm well, not going to I'm not going to retract it or make a big deal. But it's just something that that I'm certainly going to keep in mind. And I think it behooves all of us to realize, yeah, sometimes before you hit that send button, it's not a bad idea to just pull back and go. My my allowing emotions to get away from me. So well, it was I mean, an important practical lesson. Well, and, uh, it's a serious issue, and it affects so many people. So, I mean, I think it's reasonable to get emotionally concerned about it because it's a bit, especially some of the decisions she's making are a little bit, uh, they're fraught with danger. Yes, for, absolutely. For people. Um, but, and this is not to 
make it equivalent, but I, so I posted my trailer that I thought I had oh, sold. Oh, right. I haven't seen that. Well, it got sold. I was able to sell it. Nice. Um, but I, uh, so I posted it. I thought I'd sold it. The people that had told oh, me. Oh, we're they talking were about Jilly. Jilly the I thought trailer. you meant your trailer for your, your online uh, movie no, thing. No, no, <laughs> no. Different kind of trailer. Yes. No, that's coming out next week. Yeah. No, your travel yeah. trailer. My travel trailer. <laughs> okay. So Jilly the Trilly. Uh, it's a Trillium trailer. And uh, we, um, I had posted it some time ago. I thought I'd sold it and um, they'd given it, a, a couple had given a down payment, but they never came to pick it up. So I returned the money and just reposted it. Right. And um, I got some smart ass comment because, uh, so I posted it for, it was like for 9,500 bucks and uh, which is, you know, it's a market value. I looked at other people. Some people had upgraded theirs and they were yeah. more like 18 I'm grand. actually surprised. And I guess it's a bit of a collector's it kind is of totally niche kind of item, right? It's like a bowler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, so we, uh, so some guy goes like with a smart ass comment and sort of says a thousand bucks. And I said, no, it's $9,500. So I, I, I debated even responding to that. Cause it's just like not, not worth my and then he responded back with some picture of a um a class c an old class c uh thing that says oh this is you know will hold six times the people right this many more times the space that much more and it's uh it's it's only like three thousand dollars or something like that and i said <laughs> i said i responded and i said great you should buy it because exactly. clearly you have no idea on the value of these <laughs> trillions exactly and uh people are funny and then i got this diatribe from some other yahoo uh, wow. like going on like clearly you know nothing about anything sure. and and uh just uh, going on at, like going on ad nauseum and i said well you know uh, i guess you're unfamiliar with the value of the trilliums i'm, I'm just listing it at market rate and yeah like, you know and if you don't like I, it don't I, buy it when i said and i'm not <laughs> sure what's motivating you I, I put something to the effect i'm not sure what's motivating you to to uh, why don't you go find something positive on facebook to support instead of trolling somebody on yeah. facebook did right? you hear back from him oh and he says and i don't care what he did he responded back and said like i don't care what oh you think God. i'm just trying to illuminate this right yeah right and uh and i you know, so I, I, I was going back and forth. So I think my second last comment was that I said, well, if you don't care what I think, why should I care what you? Yeah, think? exactly. And exactly. Uh, and then I then the, the next comment I responded, I said, oh, by the way, I sold it and I sold it for pretty much the price I listed. it. Yeah. So, so it was like, please go to a nice couple. They're going to enjoy it. It's going to be awesome. It's great. They know the value. They yeah. know the value. Yeah. They, they were looking at another one that was almost exactly the same right. price. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just uh, like, why do people have to be mean for no reason? Like, why are they spending time being mean? And like, that takes time to sit there and compose those little, those trolling Absolutely. Facebook posts. Well, so. you know, we're so mired in negativity, which I think we're going to just move into in a minute here about our, our main... <laughs> Uh, topic but I mean, no I, I totally understand but I, I just want to so I'll just I'll just want to conclude my learning by saying this like I'm not suggesting that people should not question you know authority or question experts or go out and protest 
you know, I, th- I think what I really realized is I kind of went the easy route. Like I didn't make a cogent point. I didn't express, you know, my specific concerns. It was a, it was kind of a funny meme-ish kind of thing that, although it made me feel better, I think I even posted it in terms of, you know, trying to blow off some steam. But upon reflection, I was like, well, it didn't really add to the, the discourse. To the discourse. It was just a silly, goofy thing, which again, hey, I love those two. But as a professional, I realized, yeah, okay, that maybe wasn't the best move. Yeah, well, and, like uh, I, when I watch, uh, I like Seth Meyers. I think he's a very witty, smart guy. I have to say that, uh, especially in dealing with Trump stuff, um, he has like kind of a. A split personality <laughs> yeah he's so good part of it is highly uh cogent smart well thought out and then occasionally he's complaining about trump's hair or right. his tie or whatever and i think that completely just dis- diminishes everything else that he's doing because sure. you know his uh his strength is 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 being right Right. And then yeah, exactly. and the weakness is when he gets petty and he's just doing like uh, appearance things, right. which is not really like you shouldn't be yeah. criticizing people for their well, appearance. Which is exactly the point my wife made was like, you know, consider your own reputation when you post things. Right. And is this how you want to come across? So uh, sometimes I do, but <laughs> but more or less, no, I think that was bad move. But anyhow, okay. you know, what's done is done. So learn from it. But we have a great se- segue going from so. dark things to hopefully optimistic to things. Hopefully optimistic things. So you and I, I think, are both big sci-fi fans. Yes. Although we, we consume different kind of stuff, and uh, at least to some degree. I think there's a ton of overlap. Yeah, there is a ton of overlap. I, uh, I've been a Star Trek fan, you know, like super fan like trekker trekkie whatever you want to call it. like as you far have, back as i remember a, you have a star trek outfit. i have three star trek outfits <laughs> and uh and uh never been to a convention yet but you know i co- got you beat i've been to two. Oh no i did we went to the one here in edmonton i've yeah. been to two yeah yeah never went down to one of the state ones but we did go to one here in edmonton but i'm a big fan and uh comic books toys all of it yeah. and so when we were talking about positive um sci-fi i think we talked about there's a new you know there's been a new bunch of new shows that have come out over the last couple of years and they've been dark there's been yeah there's been split reception and they're uh, dark yeah they're, discovery they're... is really dark um, well, well so for star trek yeah but for most science fiction almost all of it a is lot dysto- of it is dark dystopian there yes. is like some awful thing that has happened in the future exactly and everything is gone to crap yep which well it may be what happens, but it's all pretty dark. There's no optimism. I think it's reflective of our time. Maybe uh, the two exceptions are, of course, the Orville, which I don't really know a lot of the 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 mythology or canon. But you know, I know Seth. Well, it's it's based upon it's based upon Star Next Trek. Generation. Yeah. No, well, the the optimism. Associated. The optimism. Yes, exactly. And now this new sh- series that's coming out. Um, Star Trek Strange, Strange New Worlds Strange, 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 is, yeah. a, is they're purporting it to be a throwback to the you know the original series and you know even Anson Mount has said we're, get, we're getting back to the Star Trek that, that a lot of people want 
you know, more positive and hopeful and, and um, more, more episodic and less more serialized. episodic, less serialized. Although there's going to be a narc for the season, but it won't be this. The same thing. Exactly. It'll be a bit more of the old style of TV used to be like that episodic with these threads. Exactly. Exactly. Like a, like a, in a Muppet show would be a running gag. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> there's another show that's coming back, but. <laughs> But as I was thinking about it, I was reflecting on how I don't think a lot of star, casual Star Trek fans or people who are not really fans of the show appreciate that there is a dark side to that story. Oh no! And if you're into the if you're into the the canon and the mythology of Star Trek, um, you know it's set. The original series is set 200 years into the future, and then. Next Generation, 100 years beyond that. And now at Discovery, they're like, I don't know, 1,200 years into the future. And the future doesn't look all that great. Right, but that's spoiler, but if, a spoiler alert. That's a spoiler for the last season. If you're not <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> if you go back to, uh, let's call it original Trek, right? Everything up to uh, the end of Enterprise, which was all of that, that same universe, right? The movies. Right. Um, it's predicated on this idea that in the late 20th century, things went pretty crazy. So there's a, there's a big eugenics war in the late 1990. This is the rise of Khan. If uh, anybody God. knows Khan from, yeah, Khan from Star Trek II, there's this massive 20, 37 million people die in this war. And then in 20, I think I read 2026, which is not that far away from where we are, the Third World War, war happens and 600 million people die. And it's uh, it's this decimation of the environment and so really really negative things. Even before that, there's an episode of DS9 where they travel back in time to about 2021, 2022. Sometimes the way these things are 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 because that shows 25 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, it's uh, poverty versus riches. It's the one percent. It's people are are disenfranchised, and so the show goes through this really dark period of human history. After which, maybe four or five years after the end of the Third World War, which lasts like 25 years or something. It's this very long war. Um, in the movie First Contact, they show like the world is just, it's, it's almost kind of like 18th century. I mean, there's still some technology, but, you know, the, the grid's down and telecommunication. People are isolated. It's these little villages. And a guy uh, takes an old nuclear missile and creates the first warp or faster than light uh, vessel, right? Oh, and what was his name? Cochrane. Zephram Cochrane, right? Zephram and they Cochran. launched this vessel. And that was a throwback. That character had been, um, came out in the original series. Right. right. And lo and behold, there's a, a, a an alien ship that spots this anomaly and they come and they land. And it's the Vulcans, of course. And so then if you go forward in the series, then... At this point, humanity has finally, after like a 20-year world war and, and decimation of the planet, they finally get their act together and realize, you know, we can't keep doing this. And then the whole story is with the Vulcans, they come and they, they treat us kind of like children and they help us to evolve. Oh. And so by the time you get to Star Trek, the original series, it's 200 years, let's say 150 years after this war, and humanity has still maintained, you know, a, a more of a mature 
outlook, right? And, right. and technology and they've, they've comes gotten, into play. They've gotten rid of cash, so it's a cashless society, although that's kind of vague. And uh, Federation, I think, is cashless. And, and Actually, I've got a really good book called The uh, the, Econ- the Economics of, of Star Trek. Some economists wrote a book. <laughs> okay, you're a way big I am a big fan, right? <laughs> that's tied to this idea of uh, eliminating scarcity, right? right? So everybody knows about the transporter. Right. And... Um, but also they have these replicators. And the whole idea is that by then we have figured out how to... And a replicator to, creates food. Yeah, it, it creates anything, anything but, right? But it can be used So the idea is we've, we've figured out how to convert energy into matter and then back into energy. And so we eliminate scarcity. And so the economics of that future is based on this idea that there is no more scarcity, which of course is the foundation of our current economic system, right? You have a thing... And part of the value of the thing, like, for instance, Jilly, is that there isn't 10,000 of these things floating around, That's right? right. They, well, they it was a 50-year-old trailer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, so there's a lot to it. But basically, the hopefulness comes from, you know, we, we, we survive. First of all, we survive environmental uh, devastation, nuclear war, and somehow, finally, we get taken into this galactic, federation if if one exists and there was that guy from israel last year some retired general i don't know if you heard about this no it was a guy who's a, he's a retired general he used to be the head of the israeli um space agency okay and he's like 89 years old and he came out about a year ago and said i gotta tell everybody there's this galactic federation it exists. They, they, they're out there. What? We've been in contact with them for decades, the Americans and the Israeli government, and they're holding us at bay because they think we're like shaved apes and we're not ready. And it was like, what? <laughs> this is not some guy in his basement. This guy is like legitimately this, this retired military guy. Now, well, people are like, has he lost his marbles? Or, you know, um, but that's the idea behind Star Trek is that we finally... I guess demonstrate our our value worthiness. Or, or worthiness, maturity, and then we suddenly get invited into this, you know, greater world. And and so the picture you see is uh, a hopeful future, and I actually take a lot of hope because I think if the series was about from here to that in a linear fashion, it doesn't seem very realistic. You know, you look out the window and you kind of go, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to make it, right? No, that's right. But when you have the context of, oh boy, it sure went bad and then finally we managed to like turn it around well i think there's more hope there than well you know this is uh i mean another random fact for something i learned okay. last week that's relevant so you know who the thelians are yes i do yeah they're a, yeah. they're a, a car- crystalline crystalline species yes but tholine is all tho- tholian yeah. is also a uh it's a, a in the periodic element Oh, interesting. What's interesting about tholian is there is this thing called a molten liquid, uh, molten tholian nuclear reactor. Yes. And the Chinese are putting one online right away. And the advantage of tholian is that it's way safer. It only produces enough, like it it, uh, it has a significantly, it's like way safer from a radioactive perspective. Right, 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 right. the reason it was never explored as a viable nuclear energy source is because it can't be weaponized. Yes. So the, uh, so uranium could be weaponized. So all the research into Tholian 
kind of went away. Right. Whereas, uh, whereas apparently the Chinese have reinvigorated this. Th so there is a potential, a hopeful potential, yep. that uh, tholian nuclear power plants, molten right. tholian nuclear power plants, could be coming online in the next little bit and actually are a potential solution to some of the climate change and greenhouse gases. Yeah, I have heard about this. And uh, unlike fusion, which of course is... I guess the uh, the holy grail of nuclear power, but it's always fifty years away, right? It's yeah. very uh, now. The Chinese have made some pretty amazing progress there too. But yeah, these these uh, molten reactors, they're not as hot. Like it's not out of reach, right? It's not it's not that complicated a technology. No, it, it's really old. It's yeah. 50, 60 year old technology. And I think I understand that there's something there's some kind of fail safe, like yeah, other, it, unlike it, uranium or our, our traditional where they can go into uh, meltdown. Yeah, uh, I guess these, that. if something goes wrong, the the process just extinguishes itself, and so it's. Uh, yeah, I think the yeah uh, the the, the uh, yeah some good news. Yeah, it's it's really good. It it they <laughs> work the opposite opposite way that uranium works. So, in one case, the rods I think go in, and they how far you put them in is the, uh, um, uh, controls the reaction in right. in, in uranium yep. uh, based nuclear reactors whereas they don't have the same arrangement and it actually kind of if you if you t if you turn it off it basically it shuts, shuts itself down. down yeah well so that is good news safer. so that right. is really good news yeah so anyway there you but, go but so I don't give up don't give up hope folks no uh, and the tholians <laughs> were were evil 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 or were they were they were um enemies that they didn't really understand i guess that's right well so again there's been a lot of uh exposition on them in the comic books but they're basically a race of xenophobes who don't want to have anything to do with any other species and or and alternatively so, they live in nuclear reactors yeah yeah <laughs> so in the episode i think like that's the enterprise incurs upon their space and then they're like we don't want you're they're like the North Sentinelese, basically. They're saying, like, <laughs> we don't want your your no. your your crazy nonsense. Go I, away. I think the North Sentinelese are our Muppet running game. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, cup, uh, uh, so uh, next week. No. Uh, what media are you consuming? Uh, well, I've been away for the last little while, but I watched the new Jason Statham movie last oh, really? night. Yeah. Wrath of man. Okay. And I was a little bit disappointed actually. It, um, so I it's, I don't in, know anything about it. Well, it's John wick, nobody, uh, equalizer esque. And of course, Jason Statham is getting up there. I mean, he's not, you know, as spry as you. So there wasn't too much, not as much fisticuffs, but I think it was, it's Guy Ritchie film. So it was really convoluted and, and they kind of did the, the time shift thing where it What's starts, it called again? it's called the wrath of man, okay. which sort of starts near the end and then it pulls back. And, and I liked about 90% of it. The only thing I had a hard time with, and I won't give anything away is that it seemed to be building to this really like satisfying, um, conclusion, mm -hmm. you know, of that genre. And then it kind of didn't happen. It was just like, like it ended not illogically, but it was sort of like just over. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Like the bad people, you know, got what was coming to them, but not, there's just this whole energy. I was like, this is, there's 20 minutes left. I'm going to be, man, this is going to be awesome, right? It's going to be explosions and nope. <laughs> it's just like, 
done. So, but it was enjoyable. Watched it last night and it's on Netflix. Uh, and it just came out in theaters like, like three months ago. It's already on Netflix. So enjoyable if you like Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like Jason, Jason Statham, although he has a bit of a, his, he always plays a similar kind of character. He's not a guy who has a ton of range. No. Right. Although if you want to see him in a really good movie, um, oh shoot, what the hell's the name of it? One of the first movies he was in with Brad Pitt, um, and Brad Pitt played this sort of heavily axe. Yes, Snatch. Snatch. Jason Statham is really good in that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for me, for for media, so uh, Ted Lasso dropped. So I watched a All couple of, of episodes. There's only two episodes. It's dropping on a weekly basis. Oh, okay. And um, it, it's a little uneven so far, so maybe it's trying to find its legs again. Oh, the second um, season slump kind of thing? I don't know yet. It's yeah. hard to tell. It's definitely showing signs of um, signs of its former glory, but it also looks a little lost, at least in the first two episodes. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, yeah. I'll keep, keep an eye on it. The other thing, the other type of media I've been consuming is um, I've been listening to a podcast called the the Dark Web Diary, oh, Diaries. The Dark Web Diaries. Dark Web Diaries. So it's about this secure. So my wife put me onto this. She's a big fan of this particular uh, podcast series, and it's basically a guy who is a, a security, um, uh, like a, an IT security guy. Okay. And he's decided to do these things of stories about what's happened on the um, on the internet that you probably don't know about. So uh, <laughs> great. So, so if you're uh, something else to worry about. Well, no, they're kind of interesting. <laughs> so like, um, I mean, I don't know if you ever knew about the Pirate Bay. Have you ever heard of the Pirate Bay? It's a Pirate Bay. It ring vague bell. So the Pirate Bay was founded in like 2003. It's a okay. uh, um, it's a BitTorrent index search. Okay. Unit. So, um, it, so a BitTorrent is a way you can have two computers will communicate to each other directly right. instead of through a server, and uh, and then you can share files this way. Now, this is sure. a, a very common way for uh, copyrighted material to be. That's right, because it's not resident. It it pulls it, it's not parts resident. of the file from numerous computers and assembles it, and then yeah. yeah. There you go. So the Pirate Bay was basically a BitTorrent index. Okay. Based on these three Swedish quasi-anarchists of right. different uh, different uh, political bents, but they're basically kind of internet anarchists. It's probably kind of the best way to describe them. And uh, Another one of those jobs that didn't exist 10 years ago. Anyway, the, <laughs> so so he, uh, uh, um, the host uh, John Ryside, I think is his name. Okay, uh, he goes and he uh, he does uh, like a history of of um, of the Pirate Bay, and I interesting. Mean, it, it had been tried to take be taken down so many times, right. and every time they took it down, it Pop reappeared up, right? somewhere. And and uh, they interviewed one of the founders, and the founder hasn't been involved for about 10 years but he was in prison he went to prison for it wow all three of them went to prison uh for about a year and uh i've been fined some enormous amount of money sure and they're you know they're not they have no yeah. intention of ever paying it but uh, no anyway it's uh 
it's really it's really interesting it's fascinating that would be interesting and this um, is a podcast it's yeah. a podcast yeah and uh, yeah. the the one the episode that i was listening to this morning was all about these uh, zero day brokers so it's about uh, so z- a zero day flaw or is a um is basically if you're a hacker and you go in and you find a weakness in the system okay but nobody knows about it right you, you have a zero day so, so the, the idea is that there are zero days that the company knows they have a problem okay okay and so there's people who will sell it to governments who right will sell it to uh, nefarious not so good Doers. No good nicks. No good nicks. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, so, and it's a very murky world. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so anyway, so I haven't even finished the whole thing, but yeah. it's it's fascinating. So all, this whole, uh, yeah. So I'll I'll give more updates. Absolutely. On more well, there was the the Silk Road was another one of these, not even a site per se, but a dark dark web. Um, well, entity, people, people right? don't really understand what the dark web. The dark web is on the web. It's just not indexed the same yeah, way. Yeah, it's like 90% of the web is, is hidden. So well, it's, picture, not, it's not hidden. It's just... Well, inaccessible by usual direct, direct means, yeah. right? So like a Google search is not necessarily going Exa- to Which is up. not a bad thing because there's apparently like some very dark well hence the name they're not calling it the light web well but a lot of, <laughs> a lot of these uh, or the happy web a lot yeah, of these banking web. systems and a lot of security systems are on the dark web right. because basically they're not overtly visible. sure they're embedded and and then of course like everything else in the world then the the no good nicks take advantage of it and so so the silk road was I think a, no good nick is a much better word than a not good doer <laughs> So the Silk Road, similar to Pirate Bay, was a site where you could uh, illicit drugs and apparently you could hire hitmen hitmen and and all manner of terrible thing. And I think they eventually shut it down. Well, who the hell knows? They they shut down what they could find, right? These things always have a way of reemerging. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the Pirate Bay is quite, it's a fascinating story. So uh, it's worth, it's worth listening to, especially especially to hear the unique perspective or the f- completely different perspective this guy has on the world and the world economy and oh i imagine and copyright yeah. and uh so uh, and this is not the security guy but the guy from the pirate bay sure because he's just uh you know and i think he's a bit of a he's a bit nutty because he's got this attitude that's kind of uh you you uh the expression is you cut off your nose to spite your face. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah. He's kind of done that. Okay. So he's now not able to travel to the U.S. or to many countries in the world. And now right. his finances are all have to be hidden and all that stuff. So he's really kind of done stuff that's kind of put him in a really limited capacity sure. to enjoy life. Like a, a bit like uh, Julian Assange. Yes. Very right? much so. So or uh, or Edward Snowden. Yeah. So all in, basically. All in. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, I would say Julian Assange and and uh, Edward Snowden probably have slightly more noble uh, aspirations. Right. Whether or not you agree with them or not is totally different sure. issue. Sure, than this guy. This guy is he's a bit of an anarchist. Anarchist. An anarchi- internet yeah. anarchist is probably the best way to describe him. So. Wow. Anyway. There you go. So Fascinating. That's so next week... What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about something totally different because <laughs> what else do we do? 
and talk about <laughs> things that are totally crazy. Exactly. So what's it going to be? It's going to be, is the Apple M1 chip going to fundamentally revolutionize Ooh, computing systems I and destroy wonder. Intel? I can't wait. So I uh, love the Apple M1 chip. From yeah. what I've heard of it, it's it is revolutionary. Well, so and and it is. Well, it we'll is find really out the more. Start. It's just the start. Just the start. So that's it for today. All right, man. Okay, and uh, so rate, review, and subscribe. Exactly. And we'll check out our Facebook page, and I'll have some links to this. I'll have the podcast review and a couple of other things, including. How an EMP works. Oh, excellent. On our Facebook page. I mean, don't build one, though. No, no. Do not build one. <laughs> we are not endorsing. It is a little terrifying, The building actually, yeah. of, and deploying of your own EMP. Yes, absolutely. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll see you in seven days, Mark. Take care. Episode Bye. 10. Bye. Episode 10. Bye.